Good evening, Skylar. Good morning. First of all, give me a clap. Um, uh, oh, oops. You're fine. Um, so, we were recording a day early for reasons, and I'm just kind mm-hmm. of, it's, it's the end of the week. I'm just kind of tired a little bit. Um, I have been working on, you know, like, worky work, but also um, secret little project that hopefully will be somewhat published by the end of the month hopefully i'm not sure mm-hmm. um can't wait can't wait when we can talk about it well, that's fun um but yeah so i'm just i'm just having a, a day so maybe not the best day to do a podcast recording because my brain's moving a little slowly but it's fine <laughs> well that's uh yeah probably uh well it is what it is we've um kind of here in front of our microphones but uh I my 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 brain is also it's kind of like in a very interesting state uh because it's also the end of the week for me and it's the end of the work week for me and it's been a week as you like to say and right now I have this combination of you know when you're in a good mood but you're also tired and your brain is kind of empty because this week was um like intellectual intensive in a good way uh like for a change there was there were some new things at work that i needed to handle and so on and so forth and also i've been finishing my thesis uh because i got the feedback from a supervisor so that was all very exciting but i still needed to like once again use the brain actively not just in the uh, autopilot mode so right now i am kind of loopy that's the word i recently started yeah, actually, Loopy, I don't know, like, actually, I guess I need to consult with the native English speakers. Does it have any uh, negative ableist connotations or not? No. Um, Doesn't? The word you need to watch out for is crazy. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yes, that's yes. crazy, insane, mad. Those and, are and even uh, then, absolutely. Even then, you will only really hear progressive people telling you that crazy is an ableist word. Crazy is an ableist word, but... Americans, That's something I've... certain Americans adopt trying to like a lot of people push back on on being told that their language is bad, even though their language is bad. Um, but but yes, uh, loopy as far as I know, is is not that kind of word. I could be okay, wrong. Okay, but yeah, dear but, listeners, yeah, the the all of you, if you know anything that like uh, you know any reason why I shouldn't be using this word, I'd be very grateful because again, uh learning the language even if it's your native language is a constant journey and language always evolve and so on and so forth so uh but yeah i'm kind of like i'm like that it's like maybe and also i've just been kind of saying that to you a bit earlier before we hit record it's like maybe that's how i am every friday night i just don't realize it and now i real i reflect on it only because i have to kind of like talk on record i don't know yep. maybe Maybe yeah. not. Let's see. <laughs> and, and and if we are more entertaining in this mode, maybe we'll switch to Friday night recordings. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it, It's funny because I've had a couple deadlines this week, um, which I think might be contributing to me being a little bit more worn out. Um, also, case in point to me being worn out, I didn't put my microphone in the correct place. It was all the way across my desk at the beginning of the recording. <laughs> and I... Oh. I... I put in. I hopefully put it in the right place, and I'll I'll edit it all together. It's fine. It's fine because I'm the one who does the editing. Absolutely, yes. So I'm not worried. But what does it say about my 
ears and about my hearing that I didn't hear any difference. I think it's mostly the fact that Discord compresses the audio. Um, oh, right. right. But I'll probably be able to show in the editing, um, but it's fine. Yeah, mm. I, had, I had a couple deadlines this week. Um, one, we submitted an extended abstract for a conference, um, which is the first academic kind of paper submission with my name on it. Um, which is cool. Um, so, That's a big deal. So the first half of the week was a lot of revisions and putting in citations and rewriting some stuff. Oh, and... talking about citations. Sorry for Ooh. interrupting you, but like, I don't know, the version of Word that I use has like this automatic citation oh, yeah. formatting. Is it? And, yeah. and, it's, and, and I loved it. Like when yeah. I was writing this, like this thesis that I had, like uh, I mean, because uh, we were expected to follow APA style, and you know, any kind of citations don't come natural to me, just because, like, I've, like I mean, I've never actually done this kind of academic writing ever. Yeah. And when I have f- realized, fortunately, relatively quickly, how that built-in thing in Word works, yeah. I was just elated. I was very, very happy about it and uh, used it all the way through all uh, 35 pages of whatever stuff I wrote up. And uh, like to this day, like, I mean, right now, it is like the longest piece of writing I've done. And oh, it, yeah. like, beavers know it didn't come easy to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I've mentioned it like, you know, the last episode on a previous episode or the episode before that, but it was it was a struggle. So when, when my uh, supervisor's email came in, saying that yeah it will pass all good just you know and and then i know and he gave a couple of uh items of uh, quite useful constructive feedback that i was mine to fix so that's what i did i'm so happy so i keep talking about it to everyone around yeah. me like literally everyone everyone at work knows that i've done the thesis everyone like like I, I, like seriously the only person doesn't know is probably my neighbor and that's the only reason because i didn't see her this week <laughs> But anyways, yeah. I, inter- I rudely interrupted you. So no, you good. have submitted your academic paper. It's actually like, a well, good... No, um, the abstract, the abstract. Yeah, it's, it's an extended abstract, but that's actually... Um, Google Docs also has that sort of thing. It's not native, but there's a... there's a Well, there's a program I use to actually correlate... Or not correlate. I, I used this word last week in the, in, in the podcast, and I used it wrong. Uh, correlate. There's a... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a program I use whenever I'm doing research with, you know, academic papers to collate uh, the papers I find. Um, it's a it's a Safari plugin. So if I if I go to a website that has a, a academic paper, I can just press the extension button um, in Safari, and mm-hmm. it automatically takes the link and finds the paper and puts it into the program. But the program is called Zotero. Um, oh, I've heard the name, never used it, but, but I've heard the name. But um, whenever you have it plugged in as a safari plugin it also works as a google docs plugin and because we, because we were collaborating on it uh, me and the the gra that i'm working under um we what does gra mean graduate research assistant um mm-hmm. basically tells me what to do basically because i'm an undergraduate research assistant um but we we're we're collaborating on this so it's in google docs but um when I was writing my section of the background, or I wrote most of the background, um, but I I basically put in just the author citation and years, 
um, well, the citation as author, comma, year, because that's how IEEE does citations. Um, and because this is engineering, uh, we, we're using IEEE. Um, but, um, no idea what that means, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's in my opinion, it's a better way of doing citations, but it's fine. Um, but but Zotero can basically you you put your cursor at the end of a sentence, you click the button, you can add yeah add a citation. But the way um, I does it um, is with citations is it's literally just square brackets and a number, um, kind of like the way oh, Wikipedia okay. does citations, uh, mm-hmm, but more mm-hmm, academic. That's how, yeah, I was going to say that sounds familiar. But the numbers have to correlate to how they appear in the paper. So the first mm-hmm. citation you cite is one, the next one is two. If you reuse your citation, it, it keeps the same number. But, um, mm-hmm. but the thing with that is, if you do that, if you're doing it manually, and then you go back to the beginning of the paper and add, another, add a new citation, you have to renumber Yeah, everything. obviously. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Zotero will, you just put it in, and it, you, you do a shortcut or click the button to open Zotero, and you type in what paper or papers you're citing and -hmm. then it puts it automatically for you and then it keeps track of what order they're in Mm -hmm. um so you can add a new one and it'll it'll renumber all the other ones and then at the bottom you click up you click a button to add bibliography and it just automatically adds um correctly formatted and everything in whatever and it it doesn't just do ieee which is what i use um Mm -hmm. and just for reference i'm going to look up what IEEE actually stands for because I should probably know what that is. Um, <laughs> you see, I didn't ask. I didn't ask Institute, because I kind of like had this. Yeah, Institute, Institute of, of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Um, but yes. Okay. Yeah, because APA is uh, American Psychological Association. Yeah, and uh, yeah. why my uni- like why my uh, school prefers to use that one. Who the hell knows? I just go with whatever is being requested because I have, I don't like. I mean, I don't have any strong feelings about the citation style. The, but uh, at my university, the majority of the arts and humanities department uses MLA. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that stands for. Um, some people use Chicago. Um, the College of Science uses. Um, that I Chicago think... style annoys me the most, yes. actually. Oh, me too. Because, it's, like, it's annoying. because, like, you know, a newspaper decided on, like, you know, one city newspaper just decides on the style. Like, I mean, with at least the associations and institutes, like, at least they're kind of academical entities and yeah. like, you know, and, organizations. And, but, like, yeah. and, like, a thing newspaper. Yeah, and because Sorry. those organizations are slightly academic, they're more standard and more consistent about the application mm-hmm. of the rules. Whereas newspapers uh-huh. are just... So yeah, it's fine. Um, but I, um, College of Science uses, I think, Chicago or maybe APA, I'm not sure. Uh, but the College of Engineering uses IEEE because it's a very... Um, kind know, of on, the, it's, so the... it's on brand with engineers because it's very efficient and very mm-hmm. useful. But a little bit mm-hmm. more confusing. Um, <laughs> very on brand indeed. <laughs> very on brand for engineers. Um, so, but yes, yeah, so it's fine. So, but you put the numbers in, and then Zotero at the bottom of the you can you can do this. You just press the button to add the bibliography, and mm, then nice. Um, I have to I have to it, make this joke. It's almost obligatory. This episode is not sponsored by Zotero. 
<laughs> no, but Zotero is an amazing tool. And honestly, like, not it sponsored. Is, it is. I mean, not uh, yeah, was like, you know, but oh, dear Lord. It's an Poor amazing viewers, tool. Nobody's going to sponsor us. And if, even if they're going to be, like, like on the extremely unlikely chance there are offers, offers of sponsorship, I guess we would have to refuse so that I don't have the paperwork complications. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or... No. Yeah. Anyways, like this is or like we would, extremely we would have unlikely. To make, we would have to make. We would have to incorporate the podcast as an LLC, and then make make. No, me, we're not going to do that. Make me the um, the legal owner of it, so that we can, like, deal with the international stuff, um, because it would be happening in the U.S. And so we we deal with all that. But no, we're not going to do that. Um, no, we're not going to do that again and again. If that happens, the way we will be, you will be taking the money. We will be keeping the tally of what you own, uh, of like what you owe me. And then whenever I like, you know, whenever we are together, you'll just like, you know, <laughs> buy me dinners for that mo- for that amount of money. That's it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, no, I accept so- payment for podcast co-hosting <laughs> in food. <laughs> yeah, I'll just send oh. our our resident Australian some money in order to send you candy. My, uh, yeah, that could work too. I wouldn't say no because uh, the uh, ah, that chocolate, that chocolate. <laughs> you know, okay. I love most Australian chocolate. What I didn't prefer, and I'm sorry, Ellen, I did not prefer the cherry ripe. It, it wasn't. It just something about the flavor profile and all that just didn't work. Well. Um, mm. but, but anyway. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by Zotero, but Zotero is an amazing tool. I would bet anyone who, or the majority of people listening, if you're in academia, you already know what it is. Uh, but if you're doing any sort of research where you're dealing with academic papers, uh, conference papers, anything like that, um, Zotero is an amazing tool to just kind of keep your brain space together and uh, not not confuse yourself by throwing a bunch of PDFs in a folder. Um, which I might have done before someone told me to use Zotero. So, uh, but but yeah, it, on that knowledge, it's useful for conference papers because it does it automatically. You don't have to renumber everything. And I mean, right now we've only got six uh, citations because it's an extended abstract; it's not a full paper. Um, but I've seen papers with hundreds of citations, um, mm-hmm. and manually renumbering all of that is probably not a great idea but anyway this is all to I say i would say that's like almost uh impossible it would take a long time i've heard stories mm-hmm. but it would take a long time sorry this is all to say i um we submitted an extended abstract for a conference last week um and so i might be a published author by the end of the year you never know uh, and the conference that is submitted to is in January, uh, next January of twenty three, and it's in it's it's near Washington D.C. It's, it's practically in D.C. It's at National Harbor. If anyone knows what National Harbor, Maryland is, that's where it is. Um, but yeah, that's fun um, because I might actually be published. But anyway, what else has been going on? Uh, well, I have figure skating news, actually, Ooh. despite the fact that it is June. Off-season figure skating it's, news. Exactly. It's off-season figure skating news, and it's kind of like, not the competition news, obviously, but 
The exciting part is that um, the Fantasy on Ice uh, show, a uh, Japanese one, well, I say it's Japanese as if, like, you know, so Fantasy of a Nice show that is uh, based and hosted and, like, happens in Japan is back this year. It started on 27th of May, and they, they had to pause for two years for, because of COVID restrictions, um, as, as, as everyone did. But this year they're back, and, and of course, their main star is also back on Nice, which means that, uh, like for those who haven't already guessed uh, by my intonations, so he did a brief interview saying that his like his injury has recovered is is like on the recovery that he can skate carefully but he can and that he's extremely like, you know that was he what he was missing because he when he did another interview like way earlier like in April as well he was like, when he was asked the questions like what do you want to do is like well actually like right now I can't skate so I like mostly want to skate so it's like you know <laughs> monomaniac that's that's the, that's the word to describe this person so but uh generally uh these um this ice show is very famous it's been going on for a really long time uh, it started like it started in 2010 and yes I'm looking at the wikipedia page but uh, this year's lineup is just absolutely incredible. And so the lineup is like uh, Yuzuru Hanyu. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Nobuoda. Uh, I forgot what's his full name, actually. Uh, Nobunari Odu, uh, Oda. Uh, then uh, Keiji Tanaka, Kao Miura, Stefan Lambiel, Jeffrey Buttle. Um, Jason Brown, Dennis Vasiliev's. That's men's singles. Then they have the Japanese figure skating stars in women's singles. That would be Shizuka Arakawa, uh, Olympic gold champion, by the way. Uh, Kaori Sakamoto, Olympic silver, Olympic bronze champ- uh, champion. And Mana Kawabe. Uh, she's just, she just started, like, literally, I think this season was her first in seniors. And then... Papadakis and Ciceron are skating there as well, like in um, in, in ice dancing, which is uh, I th- like a, a bit of a surprise. I think they're, that's their first uh, ice show, like uh, first fantasy on ice performance. Uh, but generally, it's going to like it's going to be touring for quite some time. It's amazing, and the best thing is that bless all the people who are doing the screen recordings of Japanese TV. And posting it on YouTube because right now this is the only way you can see, you can even glimpse at what is happening there. I think some of the years Fantasy on Ice was released on DVDs. Not sure if this one is going to be so. But right now the best we have is this like very low quality, as if like filmed on a potato, because it's a it's a, it's a screen grab of a TV, of a public you know of a. Maybe, maybe not public, but of Japanese TV. So, as a result, I've watched a lot of uh, news. As always, obviously not understanding a single word, because you get the news and then, like, you know, they present a talk, then there is a, a short clip show, like, you know, a short video clip, like, maybe, like, one minute or two minutes, and then they talk again. And so it's like, and you, I know, I want to catch everything, every possible, um, you know, millimeter of footage, so, if if only you could learn Japanese from exposure, I would be already pretty good at it. But that's not how you learn languages, sadly. <laughs> well, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's not. 
the only way you learn language. But yeah, that yeah, yes. well, yeah, that's like, uh, like yeah. I don't think Japanese is a language you can pick only from exposure. Maybe some yeah. languages you can. But certainly not this one, which is a big pity because not, I am exposed yeah. to this language a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole theory on how to best learn language. But if if the language is close enough to what you already speak, then you can pick up a lot of it through exposure. Like, um, yeah, people who speak sure. English or French or Russian or Italian or any of the let's say Western European languages uh, can pick up a decent amount of any of the other ones. Through exposure, because well, there's a uh, lot of Skylar, you Skylar, you just grouped a, a bunch of comp- uh, unrelated languages. You've just mentioned languages from Germanic, Romance, and Slavic groups. So no, clearly, clearly, I'm talking is, to an engineer, not a linguist here. <laughs> I mean, no, okay, yes, but yeah, so there's a better uh, way to correct. say that. But what I mean is, there's there's similarities. There's more similarities between those languages. Yes. And there are well, no, and... no, no. I would say, like English and Russian are nothing alike. They yeah. don't like. So, like that was like. I mean, I I try. I understand what you're trying to say. Is that uh, like if you that you can pick up a language that is closer to the one you know? It's just like you've made the like the examples you've picked is not the best one. But a good example would be is that if you know Spanish. It is easier for you to learn Portuguese because yeah. they are like closely related, They're or like so. It is like yeah. it's not that like you know. It's like so the example you like, the statement, the point you're making is absolutely correct. It's just the example that I'm objecting to. So so to put it to put it better, yes. If you speak any language that is descended from Proto-Indo-European, you can more easily learn any of the other ones. I object because... again because that is like no seriously proto indo European you're going up too high. I'm saying take the currently defined groups, so for example Germanic languages or okay. uh Romance languages or Did Slavic I I'm languages not a or Turkic. Well, yes, that's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Because like you're like, you know, proto indo European, you're taking way up, like you know, that's like that's basically I don't know, like, you know, the entire popular, like, you know, Eurasia continent would, would like, you know, ha- can trace some origins back to Proto-Indo-European, hence the name. But generally, like, you know, talking about personal, you know, personal experience. So when I go to Kyrgyzstan, which is our neighboring country, a small one, and it's, you know, from Almaty, it is what? Three hour, four hour drive? Four, f- well, depending on the weather, depending on the state of the month, but it's like, you know, it's like basically it's, it's a very short drive. Uh, the only thing is like you have to cross the mountains. And it's it went, like when I'm in Kyrgyzstan, I actually have zero problems communicating because uh, Kyrgyz language and Kazakh language are related. So very closely related. So like I can understand like I think 80% of written uh, Kyrgyz uh, and... Um, if the person I'm talking to is slows down, I, I can also equally understand 80, 70, 80% of Kyrgyz language. Because the grammar is very same, lexicon the same, the, the key difference is like certain regionalisms and pronunciation. That's why the slowing down is necessary. So, anyways, how did we get here? 
Yes, fantasy or nice uh, and show. Then, and then so, you also have the question of, of at what point do two different dialects of the same language become two different languages? But we're not going to talk about that. Um, no, because that's like you know my like you know my my limited knowledge of linguistics is not enough to have that conversation at all. Yeah. And your knowledge of linguistics seems to be even <laughs> even smaller than mine. <laughs> Make fun of me? It's fine. Um, Absolutely, I will because like I don't I, I don't have many opportunities. Okay. Uh, keep, keep so going. yeah, if you're on YouTube, well, God, God, what did I say? If you're on YouTube, like, when like you know, if you're interested. Go to YouTube, search for Fantasy on Ice 2022. You'll have plenty, plenty of sh- uh, of uh, videos. The only problem, they're all the same. They're all pulling the same um, footage with varying quality. But uh, we're seeing, I'd say. But I'm horribly biased. And the downside is actually because, hmm, like... The majority of the, like, right now, YouTube videos, they're focused only on, on, on Hanyu. So, for example, I um, I found one video that is, like, screen-grabbed the entire ice show. So, and I, but the quality is awful. I haven't watched it yet. I will, because I'm very, very curious to see what's the um, exhibition ice shows of, uh, of other skaters that I've mentioned. Specifically, Miura, Vasilyevs, and... Uh, and it would be lovely just to see Stefan Lambiel on ice again, because, you know, that man should be on ice as much as possible. Anyways, mm. that's the figure skating news. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. You're not going to watch it, right? <laughs> I might, if I remember. Which is yeah. why I'm saying no. But um, <laughs> not because yeah. I don't want to, but because I'm going to forget. Um, oh. So, yeah. either way. Yeah, so um, I've been kind of talking with some people, and um, I don't know. So if we talk about the future for a second. Uh, okay. Th- this is fun. No, Sounds um, ominous. No. Um, and, I, and I've said this before, but like really an entire part of my ideal future plan is to spend some amount of time in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we've heard that. And the first stop, of course, is London. Obviously. Yes, Not for any reason other also. than I am just I just I just want to. Um but also like I've had some one specific person convince me of Berlin. Um and from everything I've really? heard Berlin is a is a lovely place. Um Okay. Well, we have a uh, friend. Ber- Ber- yes, we do. But yes, well, Berlin is a very lovely place, um, from what I've heard. And then, like, I haven't been there. Yeah. And and then, um, I don't know. I want to live in Australia for a bit. Um, it, um it, if only in a, for, in a spacesuit. For, for the uh, for the <laughs> for the comedic value of me being able to say that I lived in Australia for a bit. Um, sorry, that was me. Well, it, the, um, but but yes. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean, comedic value? It is like it's going to be like it's going to be a bragging uh, rights because like you've survived Australia. Because seriously, <laughs> I mean, have you seen those photos that Alan shared with us? Like yeah. th- that, those yeah. like that, like you know, quoting Cortex podcast that we both listen to, nature in Australia, like 
like, have you seen those natures that Ellen showed us? Like, all the, no. All the, all the nature. Um, yeah, um, yeah, but Australia is just like a, I don't know. It's fine. Worst case, I'll live on Ellen's roof and she'll take care of the spiders for me. Um, so it's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> make sure to check with Ellen before you buy the tickets. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, I honestly, I'm not as afraid of spiders as some people. Um, it's not just spiders. Yeah, I mean, I don't like uh, bugs, but I'm not terribly like. Some of them are like but yeah. some, but it's not just phobia when it is justified because some of them are literally venomous. Fair, fair. But hey, Australia, I'll only be there. It's like it's just gonna be one of my stops. I'll be there for two years, and then I'll get the heck out, and it's fine. I'll survive. Kinda... Say that I survived Australia. Mm-hmm. I love how easy you talk about relocating. I wish I could do that. Yeah. I'm having I'm having acute possible jealousy right now. Sorry. That's That's fine. Um that happens to me. No, cuz cuz also like gas prices uh because everyone in the US if you're not in a giant city, you have a vehicle. A personal vehicle. Like always. Um cuz that's just how the US is. Um but gas prices um or petrol you're welcome. Um, gas prices are insanely high right now. Um, and Everywhere. I, I drive an older vehicle um, with a, a big one as well. Engine I, from what I recall, with all the stuff, and it it takes a lot of gas, and it is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was talking with someone, and and I said like, well, you know, if I live in a bigger city, I can just deal with not having a car. And mm-hmm. for someone who has only ever, um, if you only know the way it would work in the U.S., that seems like a crazy thing to say. Um, because you would have to live in a very big city. You would have to pay enormously high rent prices to live close enough to the city where public transportation can be practical. Um, because the U.S. public transportation is rarely practical. We've talked about this before. Um, but it's, it's all that sort of stuff. So I said, no, my, my plan is to move to a city and not have to worry about having a car and pay all the things that come with that. Um, and I mean, and, and well, yeah, because, because insurance is expensive, especially for someone like me, my age, insurance is expensive. Um, gas is very expensive. So it's like, it's all the things. I'm just gonna... And also, CDP Grey said, if we're talking about Cortex, CDP Grey said, um, and I, I agree with this, um, take the chance to live in the biggest practical city that you can, if you can. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's actually, yeah, that's something came up on there in the, in the conversations actually relatively recently, if I remember. Yeah. And uh, the only thing is, like, I wanted to correct you, is that, not correct you, but, like, to add, is that, um, blame you, this is the third episode we talk about public transport, but, again, that's probably that's could be our reoccurring thing. <clears throat> uh, this is what we get for not planning a show top. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word we didn't plan apologies to our listeners uh, but anyways um the public transport in, in, uh, in europe 
is um is the actually the like formally the setup is can be the same like the public transport system is developed in bigger cities and if you live in a countryside or like in not even a countryside or in a smaller town there won't be um public transport and the you will need a car because that would there won't be any other infrastructure and like and most of the time you won't be even be able to get an electric because electric car because the infrastructure is not just not simply not there so i just wanted to make sure that you don't over idealize the public transport thing here like here in hungary public transport is great in budapest but if you if you decide that you want to live in dunakesi well you need a car or um Okay, maybe not Dunakesi because from Dunakesi you still can get on half. Um, let's say Dior. If you live in Dior, you need a car. So it's kind of like basically the only difference is that um, I guess the suburbs is not such a big thing here in Europe uh, as it is in um, in America. Uh, in the United States specifically, and also like the density of const- of development, the the the, the the density of any city is um, much higher. So, like the basically the threshold at what a city gets reasonable usable public transport, I would guess that is like just literally a guess would be lower compared to that what it is in US and also um kind of like regulations, you know, governmental policies, municipal policy rules and all that stuff. That is um kinda pretty good here. And from what I read could be not that good on your side of the Atlantic Ocean. But anyways, that's about public transport and your desire to live somewhere else. My my point (sighs) being, um, I don't know. I just, I want an excuse to get out of this country. That's the point. Yeah, and like that, I absolutely can understand. Like, you know, this clearly in the front of your mind because you, you know, you keep bringing it up and, and, and it's, it's, look, focus on the fact that you a will be able to do it right now you're working towards increasing the chances of you being able to do it and see you're already like one year of university is behind you successfully behind you so how many how many years do you have left three um yeah like three and a half i mean at least for yeah. the bachelor's but but yes yeah that's that's what we yeah that, like I'm, I'm saying like focus on bachelors so three and a half years and uh You'll be fine. Do you have... Oh, you don't have the Erasmus, right? The what? Erasmus. No. Oh, ah, yes, right. It's just European project. So Erasmus is like this great initiative between the universities that are members of this program. And it's the for the countries that are state of European Union. It's a um, student exchange program between universities in different countries. Yeah. So you We do have um study it's called study abroad. Um which I 
not a great name yeah, for it, he, but okay. Here, um, but yes, it, we like uh, student exchange programs where like um, some students can. And I know, I know we have this, and I'm actually honestly trying to get into one of those uh, for my mm -hmm. uh, for my late later two years. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Era <clears throat> okay, Wikipedia to the rescue. Of course, Erasmus is, a, a is an acronym. Erasmus Program, European Community Action Scheme for the Mobility of University Students. <laughs> like, the way that this uh, abbreviation was created, it's just mm. like I'm looking at it, it is like, mm, that was some creative abbreviating. <laughs> uh, but... Uh... It's 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 a very you know it's a long standing program and like you know whenever you say Erasmus people like you know know exactly what you're talking about and uh, uh, I think virtually everyone I know who studied in a in a in a, in a university in Europe they did one year of Erasmus somewhere else and it's um kind of it's good for yep. all the reasons yeah. you know novelty expanding your horizons getting the exposure um, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um my my plan is um to get study abroad if I can, but to honestly find university somewhere in Europe to go to grad school. Um or if 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 life goes a different path to eventually find some sort of career in another country or figure something out. Um or maybe one of my creative projects will take off and I'll be able to sustain myself on that and just live wherever I want. Um, which is a, a, a pipe dream, but it's there. Um, but anyway. Sorry, I, I, I got distracted by the Wikipedia page, but I've heard you. I've heard you and absolutely... You know, pipe dreams. First of all, where does, this, does the saying come from? What, exa what pipe exactly are we talking um, about? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like from a? From, is it coming from like the smoking tobacco pipe, is this, or is it coming from a pipe? Is this a that saying that like, only exists in the U.S.? Mm, uh, I've certainly heard it. I've certainly heard it. Uh, being an English speaker, a second language, but and I absolutely understand what it means. It's just like you know, kind of like, uh, like I think every third time I hear it, I always wonder what kind of pipe they're talking about because I have, uh, you know, I, my first mental image when I hear the word pi pipe, it's like these, uh, the oil, like the oil pipelines pipes. They're massive and yep. they are, like they're not dreamy at all, you know. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I it's but, uh, I think it's just a. I think it's just a colloquialism, honestly. Um, and, well, it is a, it is an idiom. That's not colloquialism. It's an idiom, and it's certainly coming from some. Maybe it's in a colloquialism. What's the difference between colloquialism and idiom? Anyway, uh, we are not linguists, so. Uh, uh, we, I was we, going to say having a pipe this. dream. Having a pipe dream is kind of, I guess, good, and it's certainly I think. Um, an age thing as well, because like, well, maybe not necessarily, but uh, I think the, the older you get, your pipe dreams become more and more grounded in reality, and uh, 
unless you want to like you know actively make yourself miserable or maybe not depending on how your brain works basically what i'm trying to say is that don't you know obviously don't put all your stakes don't hang everything on that specific pipe dream because it's always nice to have options but again why the hell not because certain things absolutely unpredictable if somebody told me back in like i don't know 2008 that i'll be in the end uh living long term in budapest i would be looking at them absolutely puzzled and ask why the hell budapest of all places (laughs) so yeah yeah. Life is extremely unpredictable. Yeah. Anyways. But but it's it's just a probably should look up the difference. Anyway, if any, if someone wants to tell us, uh, first of all, if there's any linguists out there, uh, email. Um, um, oh oh my word! Okay 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 yes. okay okay. No, no, wait a second. While we were, oh my, like I've. Remember that the team online is actually a resource um, endorsed by actual linguists from Lingthusiasm podcast. And I went to a team online and uh, searched for pipe dream. And no, it is not just American expression, because let me read you what is the etymology. The sort of improbable fantasy one has while smoking opium from a pipe (laughs) in the smoking sense. Old English uh, peep dream mean piping from dream in a sense of music. So it is. Um... That is not what I thought it would be, honestly. I kind of thought that it's a smoking pipe, but I didn't expect opium coming here. But actually, given the fact that it is 1870s being referred to, like the first usage, I guess, uh, is that, yeah, makes sense. Opium was a thing back then. Yeah. There you go. Now we have the answer. Okay. But still, so now, now if there are linguists. In... Yes. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. Idiom versus colloquialism. Um. You, I would admire. I mean, credit to you if you can speak. If you can spell colloquialism from the first try, that's the uh, word that trips me up. Google autofill. Um, but no. Mm. Um. So. Now that I know the definition of that, I'm probably going to not use it. Um, not because it's necessarily bad, but because it ruins the image in my head that I had of whenever I use the pipe phrase. dream. Um, <laughs> so it's fine. But no, an idiom is is a is a phrase that um, holds quote certain meaning with only a specific group of people. Um, and then a colloquialism is a word or phrase which is considered informal. Um, mm. So there's overlap Massive there, difference. But difference. Um, but it, there is yeah, overlap it, because idioms are... I don't know. Idioms are rarely formal, right? Um, mm. Well... We're really not linguists. Take- we're really not linguists because I was going to say this will take us down the path of debating what is formal, what is informal, and ah, uh, uh, who the hell knows? Uh, so that's fine. Um, absolutely, and 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 seriously, like you know, uh, 
If you're still listening to us rambling, thank you so much. I hope we're providing at least the value of entertainment, because certainly this is like not an informative podcast by any means. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was kind of like surprised that you mentioned Berlin, because uh, what a coincidence, because the whole reason why we are recording one day early is because tomorrow oh. I will... Oh, yeah. You told me this yes, last week because... and I forgot. There you, there you go. Uh, so the whole reason why we're recording early because I'll be traveling tomorrow. I will be in Berlin. So after, like next week, I'll be able to report in person whether after a three-day um, experience, it, it, this town, this city comes across as a nice one or not. I'm sure I'll, I'll sure enjoy it because um, the weather forecast looks lovely. Uh, I've been promised to be taken to all the good food places and Berlin is famous for its art museums and uh, I will ideally I want to get to that museum where they have the bust of Nefertiti because I want to see that thing alive the only concern I have is that uh, it will be the same situation as with Mona Lisa that it will be like you know impossible to actually properly look at it because it is that popular. Yep. Uh, so it's um, basically, it's a combi- like, I could be either lucky or unlucky because this weekend is the Pentecost weekend here in Europe. Some of the countries actually, like, you know, recognize Pentecost as a bank holiday. Uh, Pentecost is a, some kind of Catholic holiday. I did look it up once. I have promptly forgotten what it means. But generally, long story short, Hungary celebrates Pentecost. Monday is not a working day for me. Germany also celebrates Pentecost, and it's also bank holiday for them. So the hope you know is weird. this week has been a weird week of holidays because Monday, last Monday for only the U.S. Was and memorial Canada for you was our Memorial Day, right? Yes, Thursday and, and uh, Friday, Thursday and today um, for the U.K. are Platinum yes, Jubilee they bank have, holidays uh, because yes, the they have spring holiday and. Uh, because the queen celebrates 70 years of sitting on the throne. It's not her birthday. And, no. Um, no, her birthday is somewhere in June. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the anniversary of her um, reign. And also, she's... I, she I, could... I, I, I'm proud of myself because I went full pedant mode. And, and just, just for laughs, in, in, in a Discord, listed every single country that the queen is technically the queen of. Um, because I went pedant <laughs> mode because someone called her the British Queen, um, which is not technically. Correct. Oh, she's the oh god, she's like like the queen it's of a the... long list of things. Yeah, yeah. UK, Commonwealth, Canada, and Isles, and blah yes. blah blah. Oh my UK, word. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica, the Bahamas, Grenada, Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, Tuvalu, Saint Lucia, Saint Vincent and the Grenadines, Belize, Antigua and Barbuda, and Saint Kitts and Nevis. You're welcome. Um, so thank you. Yeah, so yeah, it's been it's been like uh, yeah, a week of holidays, and so Monday is, a pen- is Pentecost. So basically, what I'm hoping for is that the majority of Berlin population would go somewhere else, like, <laughs> I don't know, visit their yeah. family, and that none of the tourists will come in, because they will also, because like, I'm banking on the fact that this is kind of like, maybe, I have no idea, by the way, but I'm hoping, like, is this a... Kind of like, I don't know, family holiday when you go to visit your 
family and so on and so forth. Like, I have no idea. Like, I'm, I'm really, really, really ignorant when it comes to majority of Catholic uh, holidays because... I've never realized until I moved in here, I moved to Hungary, I've never realized how many of them there are. Like, for example, there is such thing called Ascension. And it is, I think, 15 of August. And it is Ascension of uh, Mary to heaven. Something like that. So it is like certainly not Ascension of Christ because he did it way early in the year, if we're even sticking to any kind of coherent timeline. But basically, yeah, there are very, Easter. very... Yeah, well, no, more or less, yeah. Uh, so, like, there are many holidays that I kind of, like, I know that they're happening because I get a time of work, which I'm very happy about it, but, like, <laughs> what exactly you're supposed to do if you're, like, Christian? I haven't, I admit, like, I didn't even look it up, most of them. Anyways, so, that's the optimistic scenario, that Berlin would be not as busy as it is, but... This is a complete pipe dream. Most likely it will be not by the opposite. It will be packed because everybody else will be, oh, long weekend, what do I do? Well, I'll go to Berlin. Why not? Because everybody would be thinking the same as me. And on my side, it was a very, very uh, impulse decision. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, like, I mean, for you, going to Berlin just requires getting on a train, right? Um, I'll be flying. Okay. I, I don't... the time restriction. Fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, there was a... I don't know why this reminds me of this, but there was a tweet going around where it was a sort of, like, 12 different potions, all different colors, which all described different things. Um, like, mm -hmm. one of them was um, teleport to any airport at will. Um... And one was like, uh, never, never have to sleep and always feel rested. There was one that was like, um, I'm trying to remember. I'm not going to pull up Twitter because um, I'm stubborn. But it was, it was a bunch of different like weird sort of superpowers you could get. And, um, and then I was debating with someone because someone was like, why is no one picking? Because Orange was the one that was uh, teleported to any airport at will. Um, yeah. And someone was like, why is no one picking orange? It's, it's, it's obviously the best one. And I was like, well, I enjoy airplanes. Um, and like, and, and like, to be fair, I would pick that one. It's just not my most important one. Um, oh, I would. Yeah. I would pick that one in a heartbeat because like, you know, you enjoy airplanes. Absolutely fair. All the power to you. But you like even the most avid enthusiast of airplanes. We'll stop enjoying them if you're flying economy from London to Bangkok. I did that. Fair. You stop enjoying it on the hour two or three. And then when you're flying from London London to Bangkok, the only thing that props you up is the expectation that, okay, I'll get to Thailand, I'll get to, this, the, to the sandy beach, and then I will just enjoy and chill out and eat all the pineapples that I can get my hands on. Thing is, you can't stay. You like you know, you know, it's annoying, but you can't stay, stay there forever on the lovely, lovely sunny yeah. beaches of Thailand. You have to come back, and on the way back, yeah. that is when the brutality comes in because you're sitting on the same economy cl uh, class seat, cramped into that aluminium tube, and you know that you're coming back to winter, like English winter. 
speaking from experience, obviously, because when I was when I went to Thailand, like I didn't go to Thailand like all the normal Kazakh people do from Almaty, which is five hour flight. No, I visit decided to visit Thailand while I was living in England. 11 hour flight and then you have to change to a local airline um, to get from Bangkok to to one of the islands. So there is a limit to liking airplanes. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Fair. And even, even going if back you to are, like visiting Australia. Even even if you are like an aviation geek, if you had the ability to teleport to an airport, you could you could become basically a super traveler in the sense that you could just go to London for a few hours. Get some food, teleport back home. Like, you could do that, and it would it would be yeah. You'd be spending a lot of uh, money on taxis, or like on just like just getting from the airport to actual city because it's like it's a, in some instances it's a trip of of its own. And uh, I think last time I already ranted about Luton Airport, so I won't repeat that. But generally, like you know, here in Budapest, uh, there is only one airport, and it was it's uh without traffic it's like 40 minute drive for me from where i live so it is like you know 34 uh, depending on where you live it is like 30 40 minute drive without traffic with tra- with traffic it is full blown 1 hour um and to some people that might sound ridiculous but by budapest standards that's far far away i mean <laughs> i i yeah, I mean, and even if you are, if you're going to teleport to an international airport, you would still need to go through customs. Well, eh, okay, depending not on where you really. teleport to, because you teleport <laughs> on the other side of of the security line, you can just leave. Yeah, exactly. With that, you just, you just... If you if you do that and then don't go through customs, and then get like, and then if, if like, oh my god, like what are we doing here right now? <laughs> We're debating the customs crossing in case of teleportation. But in order to get through customs, you have to have you have to have had a valid ticket, right? Because they're going to check your ticket. Because they're going to want to know how mm. you got there. Look, you're confusing passports and uh, customs and passport control. Oh, yeah, fair enough. They're two different um, thing things. I, I'm always thinking, um, at least in the U.S., airports always have an international terminal. And if you're coming off the international yeah. terminal, you go through customs. And But look, 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 look. Okay. Okay. We can actually... Look. So, let me describe you how airports... Arrival into an international airport airport looks from my point of view. I promise we are going to keep this episode under an hour. Uh, oh, at what timestamp are we now, actually? F- 54 uh... minutes. <laughs> my word. Uh, um, I think you can edit out the middle. But anyways, um, I'm not gonna edit to anything app- out. No, um, the show goes as right. the show goes. It's fine. We're not editing right. major parts out. Okay. Too much work. But okay, let me describe you how I go through, like you know, how airport arrival happens to me. So yep, like, and it's international, so it's like out from outside Schengen area. So the airport, the airplane lands. Then you get into the building either via the whole that tunnel thing that there is a term for it I forgot or via the bus or you just walk uh, like if it's a small enough uh, and close enough airplane and then or, you get you're into talking, the you're talking about it, the jetway but yeah the gate um, yeah jetway yeah tunnel tube thing uh, I like that term better the anyways you tunnel. go into the bu- 
Yes, the airplane tunnel. So you go into the building and then you queue for the passport control. That's the first thing. And then, you, you know, again, depending on what kind of passport you have, the queue might be longer, the queue might be shorter. For me, it's always long. But then you get through the passport control. They stamp your passport. You know, some like, you know, ask questions, don't ask questions. Again, depends. Then you go through the passport control and wait for, the, for your luggage. Or if you didn't have luggage, you go through. And then you, after the luggage carousels, there are two kind of like pathways, green corridor and red corridor. And red corridor if you have something to declare for customs and green corridor if you don't. So normally, majority of people don't have anything to declare because they've read the rules in advance and they follow the rules so they don't have anything to declare. They go through the green corridor and typically you're not stopped. Sometimes, if, if there are customs uh, officers uh, and they look at you and you look suspicious to them, they might stop you and do a check. But most of the time, they don't. So that's international arrival. And if you are traveling within Schengen area, where there is no passport control within, on the exit, it looks even simpler. You arrive. You go into the building, baggage carousel, go out of the green, uh, green corridor. That's it. Okay. So do you, so, still need, you still need your passport to travel via, to, to get an airplane in the Schengen area, right? Absolutely, because they check your identity. Okay. So it's, but, and, but you're but not going to go through like your passport you, control. It's not, yeah, because they, they check their identity, it's the airplane uh, uh, personnel, it's the, it's, the air, it's the airline staff that checks it, that, you know, and they check like, that it's really you. So nobody's stamping your passport, so the passport control doesn't happen. Do you not passport have a national ID? Passport control is ID? like when there is a... Sorry? You don't have a national ID? Uh, I have, but, but the... Like the because hmm. in the U.S., <gasps> so like in the U.S., if you're traveling domestic, you don't need a passport. Um, but if you have any government-issued is... ID, that works. Um, yeah, so but it's... we're not talking about traveling domestic. So you don't need the visa, but still, like, I have a national ID, but in my national ID, like Hungarian, uh, like, you know, uh, Semi uh, Gazelvan, it, it clearly says there, like, in very bold letters, that it is not suitable for, for travel outside of Hungary. And is that true for so, all EU, EU countries? Is, is the national ID says that? Uh, I think so, because, like, yeah, I think so. That's weird. Like, you know that to travel, you have to have passport. Like, because, like, here everyone has passports. That's yeah. the thing. It's but, like, whenever I hear that, you know, folks in the U.S. like, oh, I don't have a passport. I'm like, what? I don't have because, a passport. Like, um, because I've never traveled outside the U.S. People here don't get a passport unless you know you're... you're yeah, and that's the difference because here it is like you know it's like you don't even argue. Yeah, you're getting a passport. Yeah. So the thing is, it's it, it's sort of similar because yes, like different e, different Schengen area countries are are internationally different countries. Yes, but in the U.S., there's no national ID. All IDs are state issued. Like my ID is from the state of Missouri, and so there are 50 different states. But anywhere within the U.S. Except for Alaska and Hawaii, um, you, you, it's 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 pseudo international travel. You won't go through um, passport control on the other side, 
if you're a U.S. citizen, but you will need a passport to get on the airplane, I think. So similar, but anywhere within the contiguous 48 states, right? I have a Missouri state-issued ID, but if I'm in any of the lower 48 states, I can get onto a plane with that ID. I do not need a passport, like, because that's, it's a pseudo-national ID look, issued look, by a if state. Thing is, if flight would be relevant in Hungary, like, because, like, I don't think there are any, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, God, I don't even know if there are domestic flights within Hungary. I don't think there are any. There are countries too <laughs> because, small. Like, because, yeah, the country is too small. But I would imagine that that would be also true for um, the, the, um, for the, the domestic IDs. Because in Kazakhstan, actually, like in Kazakhstan as well, like you get the your national ID. It's like a small plastic card. And then you get the passport. And, uh, into, like, you know. And then you can fly domestically with just that with with just that plastic card, but for the any kind of uh, and like crossing the border, you need a passport. Like just no argument there at all. Well, yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, but, the, but basically what I'm is you need it's similar mm-hmm. in 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 the in the way that if you take the Schengen area as a as a thing, you have individually like given country ids but it's still the entire schengen area but in the u.s you have individual states but you still have the whole country but it's different because for totally some because reason... schengen area is the, the schengen area is just a short term for like just the mutual visa agreements uh, that it is like, you know, the, all the members of U- European Union states do not require visas, but it doesn't mean that they don't require passport control but, if the airport requires it. But that's only in airports because you can also yeah, that's the airports because of the airport security. If you're on the ground, you don't, it's yeah, not but just, you, would you don't still need, need visas. It's also you don't need any form of identification um, if you're just uh... traveling between two. Bo- I mean whatever besides what is required to get on whatever type of travel you are taking like if if you happen to be in a certain part of one country where you can easily just walk across an international border you can do that without any sort of identification so it's it's more than just not requiring visas here i don't think i i I mean i kind of like want to agree with you but i feel like there might be caveats here and i haven't looked it up at all anyways what i'm saying is that the customs control the customs you pass it like friction free the friction happens and the identity check happens at the passport not at the customs so all i wanted to do is correct your terminology it's not customs it's passport control there you go and we're over an hour sorry that's fine started talking about airports (laughs) Oh, I mean, like, transportation. That seems to be our thing these days. Yeah. I guess we both have travel at the front of our minds. 